0: Today, we're going to start by talking about Kair Elam, who recently took the for the draft. Then we'll take a look at the Florida Gators in the NFL, who've had their season ended. Some of them, not all of them. And we'll wrap up by recapping the Florida Gators women's basketball game against Texas A&M from this Sunday. It was a great one if you did miss it. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium Smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, sports, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. And we're going to get right into it again. The big news today. Kair Elam, yesterday at the time recording today, uh, Kyir Elam, the Florida Gators cornerback who is very well-liked and very well-respected, very well-loved in the draft community. Of course, his dad is Abram Elam, who had, I believe, an 11-year NFL career. Matt Elam is his uncle. Of course, he was a Florida Gator safety. He was drafted in the first round by the Baltimore Ravens. It didn't work out so well, but hey, who cares? This is Lockdown Gators, not Lockdown Ravens. Take it up with those guys. But Kyrie Elam has declared for the draft, and I know that we kind of discussed it. I believe it was last week, um, Thursday's episode, that where... Maybe Kyrie Elam comes back to Gainesville uh, wasn't super likely seeming, but it was something that was being discussed and rumored to going around that he was considering coming back to Gainesville primarily because going into the year he was thought of as a a first round corner with the potential to become corner one with a strong year. He dealt with injuries throughout the season, and I'm not just talking about when he missed games. Even while he was healthy, he was playing through injuries for the most part. Uh, it was just a terrible defensive year for the Florida Gators. Scheme was awful. Coaching was awful. And so it was like, hey, maybe he comes back for one more year with more uh, reliable, more consistent coaching and sturdiers, uh, sturdier position, stabilized coaching, whatever you want to call it. Uh, with a just better situation and if he stays healthy puts another good year on film goes to the NFL he could be a very high draft pick in the NFL but he is going pro it does seem like that's a smarter choice for him because you just dealt with injuries you know there is no guarantee that you will be healthier this coming season and be healthier for the next NFL draft in 2023 so just go pro that is what happened it would have been awesome to get him back in Gainesville but Say Lavi, that's where we're at now. Uh, I was talking to a few NFL draft analysts I know, and I was talking about Kyrie Elam once he declared. They're like, all right, what what's the big difference with him from 2020 to 2021 on film? And the thing is, yeah, he was great in 2020. Yeah, he was great when healthy in 2021. But I feel like he is one of those players that Todd Grantham really really hurt. I feel like Kyrie Elam was one of the bigger people to get kind of neglected uh, by the coaching staff. And I, I feel like I was waiting for Kyrie Elam to take a next step. He has all of the physical tools. He's got the skill. He's got technique. I was just I was just looking for him to do it again and um and to improve on that. And he didn't really take those next steps. He didn't get worse at all. He just didn't take those next steps. And injury was hampering him the whole time. So I think we were really just missing that next step. I still think that I would take him in the mid-late first round. I think he's going to go sometime in the second round, maybe very early third or very late first. But I think second round is his wheelhouse right now with the injury questions. The consistency he's put on tape, though, is there. Uh, Statistically, Kyrie Lam, when he was healthy, played fantastic in three hundred and fifty-nine coverage snaps this season, he got targeted thirty-six times, basically once every ten coverage snaps. He allowed nineteen catches for 191 yards, so basically ten yards per catch with two touchdowns, and he had an interception and three passes broken up. The Alabama game was fantastic for Kyrie Elam. That was, you know, he went against an elite wide receiver group and only allowed two catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. And I, I I still have an issue, uh you know, uh, kind of holding holding that touchdown against him because that was on the Jaleel Billingsley wheel route up the sideline that I I think shouldn't have been put on him. Um, I believe he was just the closest defender, and that's why I got pinned on him. But if I'm not mistaken, that play is where trade, trading him came flying downhill. There was a pick play. Kyrie Elam kind of had to go, hey, who do I cover in this play? He didn't pick Jaleel Billingsley. Jaleel Billingsley scored, and Kyrie Elam got uh, listed with it, which is very irritating and very annoying. I will stand by the fact that Kyrie them did not give up that touchdown, despite what the stats say. I think he had a fantastic game. He also had four games this season where he did not allow a single completion. Uh, The South Florida game, Georgia game, the South Carolina game, back to back, by the way, Georgia and South Carolina, we're back to back for him. And, uh, and the guess, (laughs) let me try this. And the Gasparilla Bowl, versus UCF. Said Gasparilla. Uh, Gasparilla Bowl versus UCF, where he again did not allow a completion. Uh, Georgia and South Carolina, he didn't even get targeted. So it's like, it's it's telling that Georgia and South Carolina, both teams with very good coaching staffs, uh, did not target the very good defender in the passing game when they threw the ball. They knew to throw away from him. So that just kind of goes to show you know, you are that much better because the rest of the secondary isn't bad by any stretch. I don't care what the comments say about Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance, Avery Helm, Jason Marshall Jr. I don't care what you guys say, Trevis Johnson. I don't care. Keep it to yourself if that's. I, I genuinely don't care. I think that the secondary was very good. It was just a an ugly scheme, a bad scheme, and it just didn't work out. Kyrie Lim is going to make an NFL team very, very happy this year, and hopefully, hopefully if he stays healthy and can continue developing uh, for a very long time, not just this year. So Kyrie gone from Gainesville. We're going to talk about that, you know, as the, as the off season goes on. We'll talk about all the declarations. That is what I'm waiting for, every final declaration to know who is leaving Florida and who is coming back. So once that happens, we'll get into in-depth on who's, who's next. But hey, Gators fans, I am here with an incredible app With, I mean, if you buy gas, you need to know about it. It's Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE, that is S C O R E, to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code score to get up to 50 cents ca- per fifty cents per gallon cash back. Fun words there on your first tank. Make sure to do it when you're running on E and fill it up and, and maximize it. Cause you know, there are some people making literally hundred do- hundreds of dollars per month on this. So make sure to download the free get upside app and use promo code score to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank tank now as promised we're going to take a look at some florida gators in the nfl i got a list of four florida gators to talk about uh some florida gators that are in the NFL, their season is over. Fun stuff. It's two Falcons, one Lion, one Saint, so you can kind of piece it together for the most part. I guess Falcons could be a question mark because there's three Falcons, but yeah, who cares? Whatever. We're gonna go into some of them though. Kyle Pitts is obviously the first one. He was the headliner. He was the main event of the uh, of the Florida Gators draft class this past season. Finished the year with 68 catches for 1,026 yards and one <sighs> one touchdown on 107 targets. Um, that, that sucks because he was about going into the final game. He was, I believe it was 57 yards away from setting the record for rookie receiving yards. Um, sorry, rookie tight end receiving yards, but that was said by Mike Ditka. Uh, that obviously did not happen. (sighs) Kind of, kind of upset about it still. Uh, I'm, I ah, just, with, with Kyle Pitts, it's weird. Like, I'm also disappointed that we didn't get a rush from him, by the way. I know prior to the season, I was like, oh, what are some predictions? And I was like, I'm predicting that Kyle Pitts will have a rush this year. He did not have a rush. I thought he'd get it in week one. I just thought that Arthur Smith would just go nuts with it. Kyle Pitts did not get a carry. It was very weird to me, considering that Arthur Smith ran the ball with Johnu Smith. And it's like, well, Kyle Pitts is kind of more athletic in just about every way. But whatever the talent is clearly there for Kyle Pitts it has been the whole time it's just more about the I think supporting cast around him you know you look at quarterbacks Matt Ryan he's gonna be here next year that's I mean at least that's that's what we're expecting Matt Ryan will be there next year Matt Ryan is still you know he gets a lot of flack I get it that there's a lot of Bucks fans here Matt Ryan gets a lot of flack that's undeserved he's been very consistent for a very long time and uh he's not mobile he's not the modern day NFL quarterback but hey He's still here, so go Boomer, I guess. Uh, But getting Matt Ryan more time in the pocket with the offensive line improving, the run game improving because the offensive line improves the run game, obviously overperformed with guys like Cordero Patterson really breaking out. But having other receiving weapons around Kyle Pitts as well will help open him up. Cordero Patterson was kind of the guy aside from Kyle Pitts. And, you know, no Calvin Ridley because he took time off to focus on his mental health, which is a great thing to do. but, you know, like Kyle Pitts, he, he would benefit from being on the same field as someone like, like like Julio Jones. Like, if the Falcons somehow, I know that it would never happen, but if the Falcons were to somehow have Julio Jones on the roster, working opposite Kyle Pitts would be amazing. It'd be, it'd be insane. Because, like, imagine with Patterson, Julio, and Pitts, whew, you couldn't guard it. But again, that would never happen. Like, Julio's a Titan, always been a Titan, will always be a Titan forever, obviously. Next up is Dante Fowler Jr. I'm staying in Atlanta for this one. Uh, Fowler was a big-time draft pick by the Jaguars in 2015, and then he got injured in his first rookie mini camp, which, I, if I'm not mistaken, tore his ACL on a pass-rushing drill that wasn't padded at all. Um, it was just one of those freak things that happened. So career got off to a rough start. He never really reached his expectations after that Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. did have 30 pressures this year, which is the same number that he had in 2020. But the big difference between Dante Fowler's pressures last year and this year is that this year he did it on about 100 less snaps played and about 80 less pass rushing reps. So Dante Fowler Jr. made more with less. So that's something that's big to look at here. When you go Dante Fowler got better per snap, uh, and that's huge and cannot be spoken about enough. He's obviously not the guy that people thought he'd be when he got drafted. I want to say top six um, by the Jaguars in 2015. But, you know, he he's significantly improved. He's significantly improved as a run defender as well. I don't think that could be overlooked that he has just gotten so much better as a run defender. He's obviously improved a bit as a pass rusher. He may never live up to his initial hype but he's become a legit contributor in the NFL. And that's all you can ask for, especially when you look at a free agent Sunday, I get who's kind of paid, like he should be a premier pass rusher. Never say never. But if the rest of the team to come together, and also it's important to, to consider that, uh, well, he wasn't on a great defense. It's not like, like Dante Feller Jr. probably shouldn't be your premier pass rusher. Um, maybe in the draft, who knows? The the Falcons are just impossible to predict with pass rushers. Look at Vic, be- look at Vic Beasley. Like it was just, Yikes! Alex Anzalone is the next skater we're going to talk about. Alex Anzalone got off to a um rough start this year. Anzalone allowed 115 receiving yards when he was targeted in coverage in the first three games with the Detroit Lions this year. So less than less less than seller, you could say that. Um, but Jamie Collins then left the Detroit Lions, and something. Just just something clipped with Alex Anzalone once Jamie Collins was gone. Alex Anzalone, again, in the first three games of the season, allowed 115 receiving yards when he was in coverage. For the rest of the season, he allowed just 167 passing yards combined when he was in coverage. Alex Anzalone played the most snaps of his career by a massive margin, which is big because Alex Anzalone is someone who, dating back to college, has struggled significantly and struggled mightily with injury. He's always been someone who it's like, well, yeah, he can perform, but can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? Can he do this? Can he do that? Can he do this over an extended period of time? That's always been the question. And the answer has always been no until this year. And Alex Anceloni stayed pretty healthy for the most part. So he was a key contributor for a defense that outperformed expectations by an insane margin. Um, and I, I, hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll see Alex Anceloni take those next steps as a defender overall would like the same cleanup, his run defense, but pass coverage was very good after the start of the year. That was just absolutely horrid. He was on pace to give up over a thousand yards this season as a, as a linebacker. And that is completely awful. I, I don't even know if anybody gave up a thousand yards in coverage this year, but um, Alex Nazzelloni was on pace too early on and then finished giving up less than 300 on the season. So just an insane year from him and an insane bounce back after Jamie Collins departed the Detroit Lions. the final player to talk about the final Gator in the NFL that we're going to talk about. Um, I know a lot of you guys hate him. Uh, Josh Garner, I know you hate him. I get it, but. I'm going to talk about him because I love him. I think he's amazing, and I think he's one of the most entertaining football players in the NFL, one of the most entertaining football players that I've seen in a very long time, and one of the most entertaining defenders that we've seen in a very long time. Obviously, it's a very offense-oriented league. Receivers get to do their little dances, and they get to do all these things. But then you got someone who's going to go up to, I think undoubtedly, I'm not going to argue it, the greatest quarterback of all time. And he goes up to the greatest quarterback of all time, and he goes – and, and I just I, I just can't get over how baller that was. It is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He's a freak. Uh, spent a short amount of the time being banged up this year. He was a key piece in keeping Kyle Pitts from breaking the NFL rookie title and receiving yards record, which peased me a little bit. You couldn't just, like, blow coverage for a second just to let Kyle Pitts get the record. Like, just rude. Like, let, let your dogs eat. He uh, had that iconic picture of him posing against Tom Brady, you know, talking that talk and forcing turnovers this year. He was inconsistent, I'll say. Uh, it wasn't an amazing year statistically, whether in coverage or against the run. Um, but but he, he still did his thing. He still made plays. He, he made a lot of plays as well. But uh, he struggled in that first Buccaneers game. The, they got him good in the first Buccaneers game. Um, you look at... It was the Dolphins game, also a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football, it wasn't great for him. But I mean, that was a rough game in general because the defense was on the field so much because Ian Book was the starting quarterback. Uh, so that one just sucked. But he's continued to show flashes, and he's continued to show the potential to be a top nickel defender in the NFL. And I honestly, I think, I think next year might be well this coming year might be the year where we see Chauncey Gardner Johnson take that next step and become a truly elite nickel defender. Cause I already think he's right. I think he's like tier three right now. And you know, tier one's elite, tier two is just below it, and tier three is very good. But I I think he's gonna get to that next level, honestly the next two levels in this coming season, especially once you know, the, the team is healthy, not COVID, everything. I know the Saints set a record for most starters they had start the season because COVID killed them and injuries killed them. But hopefully, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson next year will be your year. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did, actually. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida, you have done me so dirty this year um, in every sport. I just I want you to know I'm um, Bet up with you. And if you want a fisticuffs, we can do it. Never mind. I'm I'm very, I'm I'm very skinny compared to compared to any of the athletes on um, any of the Florida Gators teams, just throughout. Uh Bet Online covers Award shows, TV shows, uh reality TV, um, the Brazilian presidential election with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your and it's 100 percent free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code Locked On. That is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space O-N. Now we're gonna wrap up today's show by talking about the Florida Gators women's basketball team against the Texas A&M women's best, sorry against the number twenty-five Texas A&M women's basketball team. And um, I-, I have a pun. I'm, I'm warning you because I know a lot of you guys hate my puns. Um, I have a pun that I'm bringing out here. Zippy brought Zippy brought it. Okay, I'm going to let you know that right now. Uh, the game went into double overtime. But the Florida Gators did knock off the number 25. 25- oh, excuse me. The soon-to-be former number 25 Texas A&M Aggies, 97 to 89. The Gators were without Lavender Briggs, and my word, that didn't matter at all because Zippy Brown showed up to play. Zippy Brown scored 28 points on 10 of 19 shooting, with seven rebounds, two blocks, and four steals. She was doing it all. We had two real legitimate stat sheet stuffers on the court on Sunday in Zibby Broughton and Kiki Smith, who I've said is basically Russell Westbrook at this point. Kiki Smith had 27 points on nine for 15 shooting, which by the way, Russell Westbrook wishes he could shoot that efficiently. But Kiki Smith had 27 points on nine of 15 shooting, nine rebounds, seven assists, and a steal. She is continuing her stat sheet stuffing ways. Faith Dute and Nina Rickards were both starters, of course. They shot a combined 0 for 8. So that was not uh, not amazing there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the other starter, of course, because we had Keith Smith, is Zippy Broughton. Jordan Merritt was the third starter. And then Nina Rickards and Faith Dute. Nina Rickards and Faith Dute shot a combined 0 for 8 and combined for one point in the win. Rebounding-wise, great. Good for y'all. But, uh, scoring wise was not it. Nina records only played 17 minutes and that was it for her. Uh, and special, which is, you know, noteworthy considering Kiki Smith played 48 and she was another starter. So, you know, Nina records, it, it, it was over for her. She's had a very rough go of things this year. Emanuele Gi Oliveira had nine points and six rebounds as uh, she's, she's really started to come into her own lately. And like, I, I know that this isn't how things go in college sports. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Emanuele G. Oliveira take Nina Rickard's spot, obviously not as a guard, but see her slide into another big woman spot and just play bully basketball. Um, I think that'd be amazing. Like Zippy Broughton, Jordan Merritt, Lavender Briggs. If you're going to start, you know, all three of them, go ahead, go nuts. Um, why not? I mean, or actually, not even because then you got Kiki Smith is out. So, yeah, I don't even know what to do. Good luck. That's the best issue you can have in basketball is that you have too many talented contributors. So, Florida Gators women's basketball team, go ahead with it. Do whatever you want. Coach Finley, I'm not going to doubt you. The Gators never gave AM a chance to really get into a rhythm offensively. They kept the Aggies shooting under 43% from the field. And just four for 11 from three. The Gators shot 13 for 30 from three. The Gators shot better from three than the Texas a and Aggies shot from the so that is just amazing the Gators you know it was probably their most aggressive three-point shooting game this season uh Jordan Merritt shot five for eight from three and she was on her way to 17 points Zippy Broughton shot three for six from three and like I, I know that I spoke about this with other people before and they were like oh like yeah obviously it was their most obviously like they would have the most threes and they'd be more aggressive shooting from three it went into double overtime um no They shot a combined two for four from three in both overtime periods combined. So that's still 11 for 26 from three in regulation. So again, no, uh, they only shot four three-pointers in the double overtime periods. Uh, The Gators dominated at the free throw line, which is something that we haven't really seen and we don't see a lot in college basketball, but the Gators shot 16 for 23 from the free throw line, including 11 for 14. Teen in the two double overtime in the double overtime periods combined as in both overtime periods uh, especially that second overtime period you know it was obviously uh Texas and m needed the foul Florida was just rainman from three or rainman from the free throw line the Gators team here they're, they're starting to put it together we can't say this for the men's basketball team but we can say this for the women's basketball team they're starting to put it together you can see it you've seen all season there were players on this team that can put it together. And there there was a team here where they want to win these games, but it was like, can they put it together? Coach Finley has them putting it together. The gators They're starting to put it together without Lavender Briggs right now. So they're starting to put it together, whether it's the starters going off, the bench going off. We just need things to click more consistently, and this team can be phenomenal. The Gators' next game is Thursday, January 13th at 5 p.m. Eastern time against Auburn. Hopefully, their game will go better than the men's basketball game did against Auburn. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Don't miss out tomorrow, as we'll get to the latest with the Florida Gators football team, I'm sure. Now, make your second listen Lockdown Bets your daily one stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight. From Lee Sterling for Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of whole where you can find all of my written work. It is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.